This episode is dedicated to SUNY Lee. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. It has been a little bit. Um, the twins suck, Malcolm. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong, Max. I want to argue with you there, but I can't. For a while this year, I held out hope. I kept saying twins don't suck. They've just been getting unlucky, and they've had a few players haven't performed, but they're still a good team, and it's just. It's not – we're not we're not a good baseball team this year. And I don't know what it is because we have pretty much the same players that were a good baseball team last year and a good baseball team the year before. But it just has to come together. And, I mean, the biggest difference is that there's been a few players that came on to replace a few players we lost that have not been good. But everyone has just been down across the board with very few exceptions. I just – nothing worked out this year. I – okay, injuries. You can blame it on injuries if you want, but I don't – think that's a valid point because other teams have been you know battling these kind of injuries and they're you know they're doing a lot better than the twins are a whole lot of teams are doing better than the twins are it's hard to do worse than the twins are. you know who um, notably hasn't been injured max josh donaldson hasn't been injured in a very long time really it's been since week one until he missed a game the other day with hamstring soreness just a couple days ago but he hasn't been injured and i just i've been thinking about that recently and I've totally missed it because the Twins have sucked. I hadn't thought about it. But, like, we've been really lucky this year to have a full season of Josh Johnson. That's pretty true. much. He's also been and, really underrated, I feel like, for us. He's, and he's got... played well. He's one of the few players who's actually pretty much lived up to expectations. And he's hit the home runs in big games and the big moments. And he's played really great defense at third and found ways on base and just been a really damn good ball player. And it just is getting lost because the rest of the team around him sucks. And people are somehow still finding ways to – Blame Josh Donaldson, the Josh Donaldson sign, of the fact that this team has underperformed, despite the fact that he's been one of the few people who has performed. A 134 yeah. OPS plus and 2.2 war in 272 at-bats across 83 games. Like, that's what I would have asked for him to do as a 35-year-old on the second year of a $100 million contract. That's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, and last year, I feel like that was another thing. It was like, you know, he was injured for a while, and so people didn't really get the whole Josh Donaldson thing, but he had a people always, I feel like when you see a guy step up to the plate, the first thing that the guys on the, you know, the guys and gals on the, uh, you know, on the broadcast show is the average. And so it's a guy sees, you know, 190 average or last year's case, like 222. And they're like, oh, well, this guy sucks. Josh Donaldson had a very much above average year last year. And this year he's doing even better. I, I really like what I'm seeing from Josh Donaldson and, like you said, to have him for a while, you know, this season, it's not like he's been injured the entire season, which is better than I could have hoped for. It's a good thing. Yeah, just wanted to put that out there. But, yes, the Twins have struggled with injuries. And aside from Josh Donaldson and probably Jorge Blanco, everyone else has been underwhelming. Um, but there's been lots of baseball played since we last talked, almost about a month and a half since our last podcast we dropped, which we're sorry about that. We've – been busy and out of town and running around and just hasn't been the most exciting baseball to talk about either. So we have been able to make a ton of time for it. We're hoping we've said this many times before. So 
take out of this what you will, but we're hoping to get more back in the swing of things as we get to a more constant routine as the school year starts and we can it's, sort of have a more constant schedule. We'll see what ends up happening with it. We're going to try. It's not the worst year to, you know, be missing uh, a bunch of time from a, from a podcast like this, but of course we, of course we miss it. We would rather be doing it than not doing it because it's fun. It's fun stuff. Even though the twins are bad. So let's get into that a little bit more. We're not going to break down every game because, again, it's been a little while. Um, but I just – its it hasn't been good. You know, since – when did we last talk? When, how are the Twins doing? Was there June hope? 16th was the last time we talked, and I said there was hope, and I believe you said there wasn't. And I still think I was right that there was hope at the time, but, boy, were you right that we weren't going to make the playoffs. Like, it's just gotten worse since then. I don't know about worse, but we've played below 500 ball still since that point. They're not too far below 500, and it just the pro- areas where we've had problems have still been problems, and the areas have been successful have still been reasonably successful, but it hasn't been any sort of a change from what we saw before that, which it just kept. When you start going down, unless you can actually reverse things, you're just going to keep rolling downhill once you build momentum. Yeah, so I, I feel like we do owe it um, to you guys just to talk about how teams in the AL Central are doing while it pains us. The Chicago White Sox are very good. They, they're they not great recently. Four and six in their last ten. Ha <laughs> ha. Suck it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's kind of unfair for me to say that because we're 18 games back from them. Oh, my goodness. We have reverse records. White Sox 62 and 44. Twins 44 and 62. Like, yep. oh, man. Our run differential right now, negative 75 is one of the worst in baseball, though not even the worst in our division, despite the fact we have the worst record in our division. Twins have just been bad. It's Run differential-wise, we are um, seventh worst in baseball, so 23rd in baseball right now. Not at all where we expect it to be. I was expecting us to be about third in baseball at this point in the season. Well, yeah, I, I just I don't, I don't know what went wrong. Think of our injuries been terrible, of course. A lot of the players who we expected to perform who haven't, it's, it's, it's just all hasn't worked out. The offseason signings, I think, has been arguably the most, the most impactful. Look at J.A. Happ. He's on a different team. Somehow, he's on a team. Um, Matt Shoemaker is now lighting it up in AAA. So, you know, watch out for Matt Shoemaker. But seriously, he, he was terrible. Um, Alex Colomay, Hansel Robles, just a- Angleton Simmons. Andrew is Simmons. One of the worst starting players you will see in the league. He is defensively great, but offensively it is right, – what's his OPS? It's got to be like two. Bad? I don't know. I'll try to pull um, it up here, but it'll take me a second. But Simmons has just not hit the ball. His OPS is uh, 560, 576, so it's an OPS plus of 64. 64. I was expecting him to be an average-ish, you know. After after like two weeks into the season, he was hitting like three ninety. I wasn't expecting that, but I wasn't expecting, you know, him to bat. What is it? Uh, two twenty. And it's not even the results that bug me, but just the quality of bats. It's just like one, two, three strikes, you're out. Like just that simple every time. He'll just swing at a bunch of garbage and take pitches down the middle, and even when he hits, it doesn't go far. It's just he's not fun to watch hit. Which yeah, is it's... not something I say very often. I love watching baseball players of all different types of players hit. Like, I love watching Miguel Sano hit because of his big power, even though he never hits the ball. 
And I love watching Lisa Reisett, even though he has no power, but he hits the ball every time. And everything in between is super fun to watch. But Andrew Simmons at bats is just not an enjoyable experience for me. Yeah, I, it, I, I've definitely felt that too. He's just, there's such uncompetitive at bats. He lets so many like hittable pitches go by. He doesn't look like a major league baseball player up there. In the field is a different story, but he's definitely regressed defensively. It hasn't been too many, like, crazy errors, but it hasn't been, like, too many flashy plays. He's just been, like, a, an above-average defensive player who makes smart plays but cannot hit a baseball to save his life, which is which sucks. It sucks. Um, definitely think, he's been a downside. The thing I would say about Simmons, though, is that he's been – the kind of player you'd expect to see on a team of this level, a veteran player who plays good defense, sort of knows what he's doing and can't hit all that much. Like this is kind of the thing you expect to see on a losing team. The problem is that when we signed him, we didn't think we were going to be losing team. We didn't think he was going to be this kind of player. And overall he's been plus one more this year. He's been above replacement level, but he's still been well below average and especially at the plate. And just it's, not surprising, though, when you have a team that's 44-62 that you have some players who have a 64 OPS plus. We just aren't used to seeing that because a few years ago, the Twins had, like, nine guys with an OPS plus over 100, which is above league average. Like, we're used to having these deep lineups where everyone can hit, and we just haven't had that this year, be it injuries or bad signings and players we've lost. It just hasn't been there. Now, with that said, I will, I will give him credit for one thing besides his defense. He has not been a – the Twins right now just need guys to eat innings. That's all it is. Pitching-wise, hitting-wise, sure, we can call up, like, Miranda, Miranda, I think his name is, um, from AAA. We can call him up and, you know, have him somehow, you know, mismatch a bunch of different positions, have him fill in for Simmons. But Simmons has been eating innings. He hasn't been eating them very pretty, but he's still been eating up some innings and. I just don't understand how we pay a guy like ten and a half million dollars. We paid half, what eight million, I think it was eight million. Yeah. Robles was like a couple million, and we were saying we we're all excited. We we're like, yeah, even if Robles sucks, you know, it's two million. It's whatever. It's like, okay, but he, I didn't expect him to go halfway through the season. Yeah. Um. Another thing I do want to add though, Max, like Simmons has eaten innings for us, and that's been something you need to do. But at a certain point, Rocky needs to stop letting him eat innings and give that opportunity to the younger guys. We currently have Nick Gordon sitting on the bench in the big leagues, which is okay, maybe, if you're a good team, to have Nick Gordon sitting on the bench as, like, a pinch runner, defensive replacement type player. For me right now, we're a losing team, and I want to see what Nick Gordon has because coming up in the Biners, we have Royce Lewis, who's a really, really good shortstop. And... I w- but Nick Gordon is still a really good ball player, and he's been one of our top prospects for a long time. And so I want him to get the opportunity to be the shortstop. At least get, like, half the games at shortstop and just see what he can do because you never know. Maybe you have a fit for Nick Gordon at shortstop in the future, but you're never going to know unless you try it. He just hasn't gotten an opportunity yet this year because Simmons has eaten all the innings. And at a certain point, stop giving the in- innings to veteran players going to be gone next year and give him the young player when you're trying to figure out what you have for the next five years. Yeah, it's just – there's so much – I don't want to call it waste because these are guys who are good. But um, we've got – okay, it, on our 40-man roster, we've got – okay, Kalina's injured, Dobnak's injured, Farrell's injured, Rogers, Smelter, Stashek, Buxton, Garlic, Kirloff, Preston, the list goes on. 
there. And I just, that's so many guys on one team. You know, I didn't even know. I genuinely did not know that, uh, that uh, Derek Law was injured or Luke Farrell. Sorry. I knew Law was injured. I didn't know like Luke Farrell was injured, but I feel like with, you know, some of this, I'm glad that they're giving innings to guys like Griffin Jacks and uh, you know, Charlie Barnes. I'm looking forward to him this year, but I feel like at some point, when is, when is Rocco going to use a guy like, you know, Hilberto Celestino is, is back in the minors. And I feel like at some point, you know, I don't know. Okay, Rob Rushsander now um, is is back at AAA. We should call him up, use him, see what he's worth. Nick Gordon, though, like you said, you've got – why? Okay, I love Williams Asadio. La Tortuga is like the coolest guy in the world. But come on. He is he's, – he's kind of a mascot, really. I, he's not this terrible, like, useless player. I, I love the guy. But to really say that he should be a starting – anywhere near starting player on a championship bound team is terrible. So I don't, I'm not saying we should let him go or anything. I'm just, you know, definitely get some more guys some time. Yeah. The twins have a ton of good minor leaguers right now. And after this trade deadline, which we'll talk about the trades we made in a little bit, we're looking at one of the top farm systems, in all baseball with five players in the MLB uh, top 100 prospects list. The twins are tied for the most of any team in baseball. Like, we've got a loaded, loaded farm system, and all those guys, or almost all of them, are at the high levels of the minors, double-A, triple-A. And so you could see those guys in the big leagues as soon as next year, and you could call them up now. And just, we've got lots of other guys that aren't even top 100 guys that are really close to the big leagues and are good prospects that could do some serious damage. I just want to see what we have. We called Brent Rooker up the other day after we traded Nelson Cruz and let him DH, and he crushed a couple of baseballs which is great to see because Brent Rooker could be a key piece in the middle of this lineup. But you're never going to know unless you give him the chance to prove it. And there's too many guys who are getting stuck and blocked by veteran players like Anderson Simmons that if you're not going to have Simmons next year, give someone else a shot. And even the guys you are going to have next year just makes up the playing time a little bit more. This is about the time when you go for like that Little League style balanced playing time almost. Like just get everyone some innings and see what you have and figure out what your future looks like. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um this is the upside of being terrible is that you can try out so many different things and it doesn't matter because you're going to suck anyways. The only downside is that, you know, you want to give the fans that experience. You want to give the fans something to cheer about. And right now, what is there? Ostadio, like I said, that he's kind of like got that mascot presence because people love the guy because he's awesome. And so I'm glad, you know, that's the one kind of thing. It's like, maybe that's why they're giving them innings, but it's not, it can't be, you know, from a business standpoint, from a purely like efficient standpoint, what, what you want to do, it's, if you want to do what's best for the team, you give guys in the minors a bunch of time, you give, you know, I, while I'm fine with us giving guys like John Gantz time, because, you know, we just got to get a guy to, to eat innings, you know, trading him for a half was like the best thing we ever did. Um, but again, we'll get into that in a little bit, but get everybody innings that you can. I don't want to see the same lineup out there hoping that something's going to happen because it's not, it hasn't. So, you know, try a bunch of guys out, see what happens. All right, Max, since we're kind of talking about already, what do you think is the best and worst case scenario for the rest of this twin season? Like how does the rest of the year go that you think it's best case scenario and worst case scenario with 56 games left to play? 
Where are you at? Huh. Um, best case scenario, I'd say best case scenario, the Twins debut um, a bunch of guys. For example, Jordan Balazovic. Um, I think I think he's pretty much ready. I think he deserves you know some time. Uh, we debut debut a bunch of players, maybe Jose Miranda as well. You know, guys like that. We really progress the minor leagues because we need to, we need to focus a lot on the minors this year because that's our future. That's what's going to give us success. I don't want to say I'm raising the white flag for next year, but Hey, you know, some of these guys could make impacts like some of the trades we got. Um, but yeah. I, and then I think, I know you want to end with a better record, but I just want to get a good draft pick as well. Um, so I don't really care what we do record wise. I just want to have fun. I really, I don't want to have be that team that loses like heart wrenching loss after heart wrenching loss. Worst case scenario, I'd say, is we play bad baseball, um, get lucky sometimes. Everybody that you want to perform well performs terribly, and you know guys in the minors struggle. Nothing looks like there's. It doesn't look like there's any hope for the future. I guess to put it you know lightly. Yeah, I get that. Um, for me, I think best case scenario for the rest of the year is we play like a little above 500 ball and kind of creep away a little bit back towards 500. Not finishing first, but finishing like third in the division because that's still totally doable for the Twins. Because even though we've been awful this year, so have the Tigers and Royals. And honestly, Cleveland hasn't been good either. Like we could end up like 10 games below 500 and still be in third or even like a close sec. We could even come close to getting to second in the division despite the fact that we've played awful all year and probably won't play a whole lot better the rest of the year. I just, I feel like it'd be nice to not end up in last. I don't like the basement. Like it seems super simple, like winning games, what we want. But with that said, there's a way we can win those games, a way we can lose those games. And the way I want to win those games is to see Kent Maeda reclaim his form that he's been in the pe- that he was in last year and sort of start to find that, which he's shown flash of that, but it's still just not been any sort of consistency of, playing the type of baseball we know he can play. And then I want to see uh, – I want to see Josh Johnson keep doing what he's doing, but I also want to see uh, Trevor Larnick keep hitting at the plate. I want to see him do well. I want to see the Twins call up. Jordan Blaswick and have him have a good start. And I want to see Griffin Jacks continue to pitch well and Bailey Ober continue to pitch well and just get guys chances and see them be successful. Even if it's not all the wins, I want to see – guys put in positions to succeed. And I want to see guys put in high leverage situations. I want to see Jorge Alcala be the closer so we can see what he does when he's facing ninth inning. I want to see Jordan Blazvik or Bailey Ober and Griffin Jacks and all these young guys be allowed to go into the sixth inning or face the batter with two outs and the bases loaded and let see what they can do in those scenarios. I want to see you pinch hit Nick Gordon with two outs and the bases loaded down two runs just to see what he does there and just put guys in scenarios that they're going to be in in two, three, four years when the games really, really count and just give them the chance to shine. All right, Malcolm, moving on as well, like kind of on the same subject though, what do you hope to ha- happens with, you know, our staff? What do you, do you hope any changes are made with man- general managers, managers, you know, co- any coaches, anything like that? No, I think that's completely absurd to say that there should be firing. I guess it's not completely absurd to say it. When things go this poorly, people want to blame someone. But I just don't feel like it's fair to put the blame on any one specific person and to fire anyone for it because of the amount of success we've had the last two years. 
we've been the best team in the AL Central. And I think our combined record is like second in all of baseball between the last two seasons. Like coming into this year and this year we haven't been good, but that's going to happen. You're going to have down years and things aren't going to work out, but it's way too early to give up on Derek Falvey and Thad Levine is in the front office. Like they've done well. And I thought they did great at the trade deadline this year and handled it really well. And I still really trust their ability to find pitching. It didn't work out this year, but I want to give them another shot next year. Cause last year it worked really, really well. And they made some good signings and I just want to keep giving them a chance. And I think it's completely ridiculous to fire Rocco. Cause what has Rocco really done wrong? The team hasn't been good, and maybe he's made some questionable pitching decisions, but when he pulls the pitchers early, people get mad at him for that if it doesn't go well. And when he leaves pitchers in, people get mad at him for that when it doesn't go well. And at a certain point, it's not really on Rocco when his players aren't – when his pitchers aren't getting out and his hitters aren't hitting the baseball. It doesn't matter who he puts up there if everyone's going to strike out. Like, it just – you can't really – there's only so much blame to be put on the manager, and especially one who's managed two really good ball clubs the last couple of years. Yeah, I just – I don't think anybody should be fired. That's not what I'm saying. If we suck next year and Rocco makes some more, you know, terribly questionable decisions, then maybe I'll, I'll be thinking, hey, give him the heap ho. But like this year, I don't know. This year, I haven't liked him. For example, here's just one example: is like I don't remember what game it was. It was a couple of days ago. We were up eight to one, and um, he took out. Rocco took out Bailey Ober after four innings. I was a little bit, you know, a little bit confused with that. I know Bailey Ober didn't pitch last year. He he needs to limit his pitches, but he was at 64 pitches. He's had like 85 total. I, I don't know. And like his highest start. But I, I personally think you should have left him. And that's not the point is instead of bringing in like John Gant, it's not like John Gant has to fly cross country. He would have, he was available that game. He's got to have been, unless something went wrong. But I'm assuming he was available for that game. Put in John Gant. Put in somebody who you don't, who you, I know you don't trust really too many guys in this bullpen, but we used like Duffy, Alcala, Colome, who Colome sucks this year, but he's been getting a little bit better. Come on. I just we've been he they I feel like Rocco used like all of our most trustworthy guys in our bullpen in an eight one game. In an eight one game. And then it was like a crazy close game, um, like yesterday or two days ago. We ended up losing, but I feel like part of that was then he used John Gantz that game. I don't know if he did well or not, but like I just why I don't understand why you're using like these trustworthy guys. Then Duffy wasn't available. Uh, Alcala wasn't available. Colome wasn't available. Theobar wasn't available. Theobar, he's been pretty good for us this year. Theobar wasn't available. I just, he was like Bo Burrows and, you know, like John Gant, which is, okay, fine, you know, get him innings. But like, I just don't understand the play call when it's a close game. I don't care if we're 44 and 62. A win is a win, and I feel like you should try to, you know, I don't know. I think you should do everything you can to, to, to win. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but and yeah. I still don't think you should be fired. It's just kind of a rant. Of, I just his he's made so many questionable questionable decisions that like, it's he certainly hasn't helped the case. He hasn't hurt it at all. But yeah, I think a big part of that is that last year Rocco had a bullpen of seven or eight guys that you at least mostly trusted to go to. And so he could throw Duffy in a game that was a blowout because he knew he had Sergio Romo the next day, like, or Tyler Clipper the next day. And not just not having that, I think it's a struggle for him because he, he's used to having seven guys he can trust. And all of a sudden he's got 
like one or two. And that's really hard as a manager when you only trust one or two guys out of your pen to try to get five innings out of your bullpen every night, which is part of the reason you need to let starters go later. But also just he's in a tough spot because no one's been pitching well in the bullpen whatsoever. And there's only so much you can blame the manager for, for that. I think we should go to a break right now. We've talked a lot. And we'll come back. I think we'll, do, we'll break down the trade deadline and then a little bit of who's hot, who's not. All right. Welcome back to the second half of Bomber Breakdown. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of trades right away. And I think let's dive right into it, Max. Nelson Cruz trade. What do we do? I, oh, man, I love Nelson Cruz. Oh, man. I, it was a good trade. It was a good trade, to be honest. Um, so the Minnesota Twins uh, traded Nelson Cruz to the Tampa Bay Rays in, when was that? That was like, it was like mid to late July. Um, two but, weeks ago, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, about two weeks ago. Yeah, two, two, three weeks ago. Um, but yeah, so we traded uh, Nelson Cruz to the Tampa Bay Rays, a contending team, for uh, right-handed pitchers Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman. Now, Joe Ryan is currently in Tokyo going to be headed back soon because unfortunately they lost but um uh joe ryan started game one when I, it was either five or six innings one run so good for him uh drew strotman has had one appearance uh for the saints it was a tough appearance but point is joe ryan drew strotman placed at wichita double a and they could have a major league impact muffin yeah and the it's rare i mean getting pitches from the rays is always a good thing because the rays have so many good pitches they can't handle it. They can never keep up with how many great pitches they have. So they're usually willing to give up a decent number. And there's jokes in baseball that you never want to trade with the Rays. Like if the Rays, if the Rays, if you're talking to trade with the Rays, the Rays want a player, you automatically won't trade that player or something. Like just because the Rays always win deals and they end up getting the better half of every deal, it seems like. But one of the rare cases where a team actually won a deal against the Rays in the last few years was actually the Twins when we got Jake Odorizzi. I'd say we won that deal. And that's one of, like, two or three, maybe, trades that the Rays have lost out of a large number of trades they've made in the last few years. So if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Derek Falvey and Thad Levine can hopefully poach another couple of good pitchers in exchange for Nelson Cruz, which, man, it's sad to see him go. I loved watching him hit. But that was absolutely the right decision from the Twins, seeing as, I mean, he's a 40-year-old designated hitter who's – um contract's expiring at the end of the year. Like, there's just no reason to keep him around. Why make him play through this awful stretch when he deserves to be on a contending team? He deserves a chance to try to make the playoffs and win the World Series because he doesn't have that many years left in baseball. And when you play at the level he does, he deserves a chance to try to win a ring. Yep, yep. So uh, let's, you know, let's just really quickly talk about who the Twins got. So Joe Ryan, again, he's a right-handed pitcher, Out of California, Cal State, um, at 6'2", 205. He's 25 years old. And this season, he is 4-3 and three with a 3.63 ERA uh, through 12 games, one, uh, 11 of them being started. At what level? Uh, at double A, I believe. I don't th- – th- yeah, I think um, – I'm pretty sure he's at double A right now. It's hard to tell he's in Tokyo, but I'm pretty sure he's in double A. Uh, 57 innings, seven strikeouts, 75 strikeouts, and a whip at .79. So a very good whip. Uh, it's kind of hard to find more stats on him because he's in the minors. But um, not, I and I, again, I don't knew, know too much about you know his his stuff, but he seems to be um, 
seems to be a guy that could very, very potentially have a major league impact. And then Drew Strotman is also at double A. Um, and he did make a start for – wait, didn't he make a start for the Saints? Yeah, he, he's, he's at AAA. Um, and, again, I don't know where Joe Ryan's going to go. Maybe AAA as well. But, uh, anyways, Drew Stockman, 7-2 with a 3-7-3 ERA in 14 games, 62 innings, 63 strikeouts, and a whip at 1.4. So not the greatest whip, but he's got pretty good stuff. He's got a nice cutter that I really like. Anybody with a cutter is, like, a very big fan of mine because it's just so nasty, except for Alex Colomay. Um, but yeah, I really like Drew Strauman. I really like Joe Ryan. They've both got, um, very intense fastballs. I think I forgot which one of them has a fastball that it's only like mid nineties, but it's got so it's got such a high, like spin rate. It's just how the, the Rays develop their, their arms. And so I'm really excited to see both of these guys work their way up the minors and hopefully have a major league impact. And I could, I would not be surprised if Joe Ryan and, or Drew Strauman made a, an impact this year in the majors. If not this year, I'm sure they will next year at some point. And they're just, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but the twins right now are loaded with minor league pitching depth and the number of, we go like seven, eight guys deep in top tier starting pitching prospects. And that's really awesome for an organization to have. It's just the amount of depth there. There's going to be no lack of pitching for the twins in the next few years, which is, we don't know if it's going to be good, but there's going to be a lot of guys to try, and some of them have to be decent, right? Oh, for sure. I feel like we've gotten so many prospects that you can't really – you can't really uh, – yeah, I, there's no way you can go wrong with at least a, a few of them. But, Malcolm, would you say that the Twins – I know it's too hard to tell now, but would are you optimistic with the Twins winning this trade? I am very optimistic about the Twins winning this trade. I think in general for these rental-type players – the team giving up the player is going to win the trade if it's a good player. Purely because I know that the Rays are going to try to win a World Series. And obviously, this is one of the trades that can win for both sides. These types of trades, both sides can be winners. It can be a win-win trade because one team can get a player they need in a year they need them. Um, a good example of this, I believe, is when the Cubs went out and got to roll this Chapman in 2016. They gave up Glaber Torres, who's a really, really good player for the Yankees right now, though he hasn't been great this past year but is a super good player. They gave him up and the Yankees got a great deal. They were not going to win that year. They gave up their closer for a little bit and got a top tier prospect. And they were able to re-sign Rolls Chapman in the offseason. But the Cubs, though they gave up Glaber Torres, won the World Series for the first time in 108 years. And so I'd say they won that trade because they won the World Series. But the Yankees didn't lose the trade because they got a good player out of it for a player they weren't going to get a whole lot of value out of. So it's possible both sides win a trade. And I'm thinking that's, Best case scenario, this one is a win for both sides. Nelson Cruz keeps doing well, and the Rays make a playoff run. And the Twins get a couple of good pitchers who can do some damage. But I would say, overall value, the Twins are almost certainly going to win this trade as far as the amount of war they get from the players in the trade and all that. Yeah, I think overall, because um, I personally do not think the Rays are going to win the World Series this year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love the Rays. I Honestly, if there was a team I wanted to win the World Series, it'd be the Rays. Probably the Blue Jays a little bit too, but the Rays definitely – um, but I just don't think, you know, they're the best, I don't think they're the best team in their, in their, uh, division this year, obviously, but, um, I don't know. I just don't think that getting Nelson Cruz can certainly change that. It definitely could. And, um, they've been climbing their way back up. I think they are actually now in first, so they are the best team now in their division, but they're not the best team in the AL, not the best team in the league. I, they're just, they're a good team could make to the world series. Don't think they're, don't think they're going to win it. 
you never know. Crazy things have happened. Um, after that, I think we'll talk about the big blockbuster the Twins made, one of the biggest deals deadline season, arguably even the biggest, though I'd say I'd say second biggest probably. Could be as low as like third or fourth on your list. But Twins trade Jose Brios, which, man, is it sad to see him go. As much as it was sad to see Nelson Cruz go, we kind of knew for sure Nelson Cruz was going to go. And we've only had Nelson Cruz for like two and a half years now. But Jose Brios, man, we drafted him. He came up through our minor league system. I saw him. We've been watching him pitch since he was 20 years old. Like, I know I, I remember going to see him in spring training a few years ago. He was playing for – he was in AAA that year. He was pitching the Twins, like, scrimmage of AAA team, and he got to pitch against Twins lineup. And I remember he drilled Brian Dozier, and Dozier, like, fake charged the mound because they had, like, played together the year before when Brios got him called up shortly. And it was just fun. And he even then, he clearly had such electric stuff. He was kind of shutting down the big league roster. And the problem was command and consistency. And throughout the years, he's really worked to develop that. And this past year, he kind of put it all together. And this is the best he's ever pitched. And, man, it's been fun to watch him grow. And he's such a great guy, such a great pitcher, and clearly loves baseball. And we love watching him play. It's a bummer to see him go. But as I think we can talk about in a minute here after we finish saying how sad it is to lose him. Um, it was a good deal for the Twins and for the long-term healthy organization. Twins got an absolute haul, Malcolm. I miss Brios to death. He pitched lights out in his first start with the with the Baby Jays. But um, let's break down who the Twins got. Uh, first of all, uh, Austin Martin, the Blue Jays number one, or was it number two? Because uh, they have Groshans. I think it was. I think he's number one for the Blue Jays, but I could be wrong. Um, anyways, number one, number two, very high up on a very, very, I'd say top five, without a doubt, farm system in the MLB, Austin Martin. Um, he is 22, six foot 185, so not the biggest guy. Um, but again, only 22 years old. He was a first round pick, uh, fifth overall in 2020. And this is his first year in the minors. He had to obviously miss last year because of COVID, but in 55 games, he is hitting 281 with an on-base percentage of 424, a slugging percentage of 383, and you can do the math. Um, it's like an 809, 810, something OPS. Um, point is, listeners call Max out on how he did that math wrong. Uh, you can tweet it. 807. Out, 807. I, I, I take it, it back. 807. It didn't say it here, so I'm just guessing. Anyways, 807, right? Point in. Yeah, it sounds right to me. Okay, because three plus four, whatever. <laughs> three um, plus four, tough math there, buddy. <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, but yeah, Soggy isn't there on base four twenty four. Are you kidding me? It's exactly what you want. He's an on base machine. Plays a good um, defense. He's a shortstop primarily, but he also can play third. I think he can play outfield as well. I like this guy. He's got all the tools to be a very good major league player. I don't think he's going to be some, you know, Mike Chuck. I'm like, hey, if he can be like a Alex Kirilov, like Royce Lewis in the big leagues, because I think those guys are going to have a massive impact in the big leagues. I think uh, Austin Martin has the potential to do the same. And he, he could be the next, like, he could take over at third base for the Twins. Um, he could take over at shortstop. He could – there's so many – I feel like this middle infield is kind of – not the middle infield, the infield overall is kind of going to fall apart at, in, over the next few years. And, you know, with Josh Allenson's going to leave after this year, not – I don't think this year, but maybe next year was it? 
that he's done? Uh, he's got two more years after this. Two more I years believe. after this. Okay, good. So Austin Martin, again, he'll probably be up by then. And so he can maybe take John O'Shaughnessy to spot. He could take Corey Polanco's spot if he needs it. Um, anyways, Austin Martin could be very good. Yeah. Uh, Martin also has great hair, something you've neglected to mention. Got some I'm sweet flow. Sorry. Um, he's just a really good ball player. And that on base is huge. And the infield defense, like the twins have a Polanco has looked really good this year. We've still got him for like three more years, but Simmons is going to be gone after this year. And there's talk of going out and signing one of the top tier shortstops on the market, which I highly doubt will happen now after how poor this year has gone, that we'll be making a big investment for next year. There will be some high level shortstops, but also you can just give the position to Royce Lewis and Austin Martin as shortstop third base, whatever. They're both really they're both top 100 prospects. I think they're both top 30 prospects in all of baseball. And they're both shortstops twins organization. So twins are going to have some great middle infield the next few years. And it's going to be fun to watch those two really work. No doubt. No doubt. Um, the second guy that the twins got in this blockbuster deal was Simeon Woods Richardson, um, right-handed pitcher. Uh, he's currently pitching at double A, but he is again in Tokyo. So the, you know, twins really kind of a trend here is getting guys who are currently in Tokyo, but he's only 20 years old. He was drafted in 2018, the second round from the New York Mets. I'm pretty sure he was involved in the Marcus Stroman trade. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's, he was in the Marcus Stroman deal that sent against Stroman to the Mets and he went to the Blue Jays. Um, but, uh, he's been struggling this year, you know, uh, it's, I'm not too worried about it. He's very good in 2018 and 2019 with, you know, rookie in rookie ball. He did great. And you are a, correct there, Max. I am. Okay, good. Um, so in 2021, he has struggled certainly at double a two and four with a 5.76 ERA in 11 games. 45 innings uh, for the 67 strikeouts. So he's a very big strikeout pitcher. Um, you know, the whips at 1.5. Opponent batting average at 246. This is stuff that, like, is fixable. He's got a very high K rate, which shows you that he's got very good stuff. I mean, his K rate has gone way up since he started pitching. Um, his walk rate, unfortunately, has gone, gone a bit up. He's walking away too many guys. He's just given up too many hits. Um, I, it's he's struggling right now, but it doesn't change the fact that he's twenty years old. He's six three, two ten, so he's a bigger guy. Um, I'm really excited for Simeon Woods Richardson. Yeah, uh, that type of stuff is going to play. Uh, that's you draft a pitcher and you trade for a pitcher with that nastiness. I'll say. Um, because at any level, that's going to get out. And if the Twins could just get him to be consistent and throw strikes and not leave the ball in the middle of the plate and just get the durability out of him, like, the talent is clearly there for him to be a top-flight starting pitcher. And I'm hoping it can actually come together <coughs> for him to be one of the top stars in baseball. Because that's where it's dealing starting pitchers in all of baseball, which the Twins have a lot of starting pitching depth right now we were talking about. Um, especially like Bailey over Griffin Jacks, we're seeing the big leagues right now are good depth, but none of them have the ceiling that Woods Richardson does when he's his best. He has maybe as high ceiling as any twins minor leaguer right now, or at least minor league pitcher. Yeah, um, for sure. So I don't know. I think, um, I think 
so far, of course, the you know, you're going to say the Blue Jays have won that trade because the Twins don't get any immediate impact, but we don't need immediate impact. Um, I don't think there's any chance that Martin or Woods Richardson get called up this season just because they're too young, you know, 22 and 20, and they're only a double A. There's just not really any chance in my mind. Um, but next year we could see them. The year after that uh, as well, um, maybe Martin earlier than Woods Richardson. But again, I'm just going to review the top 10 twins prospect list now. It is Royce Lewis. Where are you getting this list from, Max? Uh, I'm just curious. At the MLB prospect rank. I think it's – right. I don't even know. It's just on MLB.com. All right. It's the new the MLB rankings. rankings. Yeah. That's MLB what I was guessing. Rankings. Just checking. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I should have clarified that. But uh, Royce Lewis is number one, obviously injured. Um Austin Martin spots in a second. A lot of people are saying he could very well be the first, the, the top prospect for the Twins. Simeon Woods Richardson spots in at third. Then we've got Jordan Balazovic, uh, Joe Duran, Aaron Sabato, who is underperformance, a bummer. I love the guy, but um, he really needs to pick it up a bit. Matt Cantorino, Joe Ryan from the Nelson Cruz trade, Keone Cavaco, and Misael Urbina. So that's a pretty solid top 10. And the fact that we added three of three of those guys in the past, you know, two or three weeks is just great job of the twins front office. Yeah. And you're taking guys that you're not going to get a whole lot of value out of this year, or you would have gotten value out of this year, but the value wouldn't have been as worth it this year to get so much value on the road. That's 18 years of control on those three ball players who are top 10 prospects in the system. Like, that's really well done. That's what we could have asked for from this um, trade deadline is for us to be able to get rid of some guys that aren't going to give us the value in the future and get that future value, which we did really well. And that's a big part of the reason I don't want to get rid of Valerie Levine because they handled this trade deadline as well as they could have. They were willing to cut their losses and say, this is a lost year, but we're going to keep building towards the future and make this a good ball club in 2022, 2023, 2024. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, Hey, the Twins have the potential um, to, you know, win next year and definitely the potential to win in 2024. Um, just a couple of other, of other trades. Seems small. Is a little bit bigger than that in my mind. Jay Happ finally, finally traded Jay Happ. He was, an ab- he was terrible for the Twins this year. And the fact that we got anything out of him was it's just it just amazes me. Especially that we got John Gant. John Gant has decent control. Um, he's got de- he's got pretty good stuff. I'd say he's got a mid nineties fastball. He can throw at ninety five. Can touch ninety six on that fastball. Um, he's not he's not a good pitcher. That's what I'm saying. He's but he's got a three four nine ERA. A whip at one and a half. I mean, he's been better than J A Happ. Come on. I and then we also got Evan Sisk from the Cardinals. Uh, he is in the minor leagues. He's a southpaw, 2-0 with a 338 ERA, 162 whip. So that's um, – anyways, 34 innings and 47 strikeouts. I mean, we gave the Cardinals some cash, but what I, – I mean, We got thanks. to drop Hap's contact, contract well, too, yeah. which is more money than those guys make. It was – I, how? 
I mean, the Twins Giants... had nothing back in this deal. We're winning this deal because Jay Happ right now has a negative two war on the season. Well, negative 1.9. Yeah, John Gann has a 0.8 war. He's technically been a positive for pitcher. And he just, getting he's rid of <laughs> getting rid of a negative and taking some of his salary off the books. We're clearly winning this deal if we don't get anything back. We got a couple of pitchers. I'm excited to see what they can do with this team. I, I, Evan Sisk, while I don't think he's going to be so, you know, Jose Barrios, G, you know, Jay, I was about to say Jay Happ. Um, you know, Jacob DeGrom kind of guy. He's definitely got stuff where he, I don't know if he'll make it to the big leagues. I don't know if he'll have a big, big, uh, massive big league impact, but there's a chance. I mean, it's, he's not getting paid too much. And John Gant's going to eat some innings. I like it. I, I'd rather have John Gant than Jay. I'd rather have, you know, a bag of pretty much anything on this earth than, uh, than Jay Happ. But great job. For, uh, getting rid of Jay Happ. I don't know what the Cardinals saw. Max sent me a funny tweet a few weeks ago. The Twins trade, it was like a joke tweet, but they said the Twins trade Jay Happ to the Chicago White Sox for two slices of Chicago style pizza. And he was just sent me that and he's like, we won this deal. Yeah. And I was oh, like, yeah. we would have. Like, just getting his salary off the books, we don't need anything back. Yeah. And the fact that we got something back for him is incredible to me. And I don't know what in the world the Cardinals were thinking. They clearly just like needed someone who could pitch five innings a day. But you'd think they just let Gantt try to go deep in the game or something. Like, that was. A weird decision by the Cardinals, but I'm super happy the Twins were able to get something for him, and it was a well, it was a good good decision making from the team. Unless it's like an eight and a half million dollar diamond pizza that we have to take their salary, I really think we won that deal. Um, but yeah, I I just I don't know what happened with Happy. It was just not there. Anyways, uh, moving on, Hansel Robles was also traded. I wasn't crazy like upset with how he was doing but at the end he just really fell apart and I really do think he could he has the potential to make an impact on the Red Sox bullpen so I'm not going to say that the Red Sox completely lost a straight because I really think he's a guy who could like if you're up 8-1 or whatever he's a guy who can eat like two innings he's got really good stuff it's just been the control has not been there um in 44 innings he's walked he's struck out 43 hitters so again the strikeouts aren't like 100% there but he's walked way too too many uh too many guys. Um, I don't know. He doesn't have that much salary. It's $2 million. It's not something that's going to really hurt the Red Sox with how good their season is. Um, but out of the bullpen this year, man, he was just not good. Anyways, who did we trade him for? Alex Scherf. Double uh, A is where he was, he's being placed at which in Wichita. And this season, he's 3-1. and one. With a 2.45 ERA in 23 games, a whip at 1.19 in 29 innings, he has 46 strikeouts. He's a relief pitcher, primarily. Um, I think he's injured right now, um, but he's 6'3", 205. He's only 23 years old. This is a guy who I genuinely would not be like crazy surprised if he made, you know, his major league debut in, you know, a couple of years, but if he had a decent, you know, impact on the twins for Hansel for like two months of 4.91 ERA Hansel Robles, I'm not, I main thing is we got Hansel Robles off our, off our team, but Alex Scherf, I'm pretty happy with the return. Yeah. Um, I would say that this is what I mean. I've said it a ton of times now, and I kind of feel like I'm just repeating myself, but the pitching depth we have, the depth that we were able to go get Alex Scherf and John Gant and Sisk, like, we got depth. We have so many options. 
And some of those are going to turn out poorly. Some of those guys are going to flop, and maybe this looks like a bad deal. But if just a couple of those guys do well, it's why you go out and make these trades. It's because you're hoping that you can find the right one. If one of them locks out, these are good trades we, that we made on the Hap and Robles deals. And I think Scherf's got a good chance to find some success in the big leagues, whether it's starter or reliever, how much he ends up throwing. Like, it may not be a ton, but I think he'll have a positive impact on this club in the next few years. And that's a good deal if you ask me because we weren't getting a whole lot out of Robles this year. Yeah, that's so. Those are the trades that the Twins made this uh, this trade deadline. I, I think Max, we yep. don't have a ton of time left, so I think we should put off who's hot, who's not, till next week or whenever we next record. We we'll cover that. Yep. But I want to talk about one guy who was not traded at the trade deadline, and it was there were rumors that he was being talked about all throughout the day, and we we're really nervous. And oh, right yeah. after the trade deadline, I saw a tweet. I think it was Ken Rosenthal said Byron Buxton has not been traded. And I read it at first and thought that it said Byron Buxton has been traded. I freaked out. It said Byron Buxton has not been traded. It was instantly reported. Lots of rumors. But we kept Byron Buxton around. What do you think about that, Max? What do I think? I oh, I'm so happy. I if we would have gotten rid of Byron Buxton, then I Byron Buxton. I don't care how many games he's playing. He's got a top 50 WAR in baseball through like what what was it 27 or 37 he's played 27 games this year 27 games out of like what 105 over 100 over 100 games it's like that's mind-boggling i mean that's a fourth of the games math is wrong again whatever about a fourth yeah about a fourth okay okay not bad um anyways about a fourth of the games and he's got a top 51 it's just the guy's so good the guy's so good. Take away this hand injury. That's not, it's not his fault. I'm not blaming this hand injury on him. If anybody gets hit there, um, that break is happening. It's not his his hands aren't too weak. Anyways, he's, he's anybody's getting injured like that. If that doesn't happen, this guy's played like at least 60, 70 games and has gotta be like top twenty or thirty in war, which is just Byron Buxton is crazy good when he's on the field. Second best center fielder in the game. Without any, without, there's doubt in my mind, but there's not. There is doubt. There's doubt, but he's a top, top five center fielder when he's on the field, without a doubt. Um, And he just does everything so well when he's on the field. And I just, if we don't extend him, if we don't give him money this offseason, I I won't understand it. Because he, so what happened is uh, the Twins offered him like, I think it was over seven years, which is ten million a year for Byron Buxton, and then you know he obviously said no. I want about a hundred million over se- over seven years, which I like. I like it. He's entering his prime. I like it. And then they're like, fine, you know, we understand that you mean a lot to this ball club, so we'll offer you eighty million dollars. It's like what? Eighty million dollars? That's like what? It's like eleven from ten million a year to like eleven and a half. I mean, come on. For Byron Buxton, seven million, seven years, $100 million is – it's it's exactly – that's what's right for him. It's what's right for us. Yeah, and I think you can even go a little higher than that. Like, the thing about Buxton is if he has one fully healthy season, I've heard before that on the free agent market, um, one war is worth about $8 million bucks, roughly, give or take a little bit, which means we should be getting $60 million bucks for J half this year. But that's beside the point. Um, that would mean that like Byron Buxton so far this year has been worth like 2.7 more. That's like 
20 million. That's over 20 million bucks he's been worth so far this year, the Twins. And that's just missing a bunch of times. So if he had one healthy season, he could be worth most of this contract in one year. And obviously, like, when you get to the higher levels, you're not going to actually be paying the players 100 million bucks a year. But overall, he's worth so much more of this club than 100 million bucks. If, even, like, the first three years of this deal, if he's decently healthy. So I think it's a deal you absolutely have to make just because the game-changing ability he has – he can win baseball games all by himself with just his speed or with just his bat or with just his glove because he's so transcendent of a player. He's the kind of player that you don't see that amount of talent more than three or four times in a generation. And it's just to let him go for nothing would be such a bummer. And if we aren't going to sign him to extension, we need to trade him this offseason. That's the thing for me is like I'm happy to didn't trade him because I want us to keep trying to extend him because I want to keep seeing Byron Bucks in play. Because I feel like after putting up with all the injuries and stay, hanging with him and believing him through it, we deserve to get to see the healthy Byron Buxton play. But if we aren't going to extend him, you need to trade him. Because you can't just let a guy with that level of talent go without any sort of return for him. Yeah, uh, Byron Buxton had so much, has so much more war than Alex Colomay, um, Jay Happ, Hanzo Robles, Anderson Simmons combined. Maybe, hopefully, hopefully I'm right. Um, yeah, and you're definitely he's, right there. He's like the fact that okay, Hap was eight million, Colome was a few million, Robles was a couple million, Simmons was ten million. That's like twenty, 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 twenty-five million bucks a year. And Byron Buxton's out here. How much is Byron Buxton getting paid right now? I think he's at like six million this year. It'll probably go up oh, to a little. Well, maybe closer gosh. to ten. I think he's at like eight or nine actually, but like he'll go up to probably like fifteen this next year. We're underpaying him right now. It's not his it's not anybody's fault. It's arbitration is coming. But the fact that we're not how do you not extend a guy who's worth with in twenty seven games he's worth twenty million dollars? I mean, that's isn't that crazy that he's worth like seven hundred thousand dollars a game? That's crazy, man. Maybe. But he's just such a great player. He's just such a great player, that Byron Buxton. Um, I think it's about all the time we have today. We've had a long episode, but it had been a while since we recorded, so I'm glad we were able to talk about all this. And we'll try to be more consistent now. Um, our schedules are a little more calm for a little while here, so we'll see. But we're going to try to get stuff out to you a little bit more consistently, and hopefully we can update you on all the prospects that are coming up and being successful. And we're hoping things go well for the Twins in these next few weeks, even if – the wins aren't really what we're counting. It's the players and the opportunities that we're looking at. Um, in the meantime, thanks for listening about a breakdown. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or else you get your podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore breakdown. We're trying to be more active on there. Post more stuff, have some interactive experiences. We might get another bracket going a little bit like we did last offseason, try to stir up some interest. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Bomba Breakdown. We have an email, Bomba Breakdown at gmail.com. Email us with any questions you want to answer on the show, any comments, any feedback on the show. Um, if your feedback is you should do more episodes, we agree. We're trying to work on it. Uh, but anything else, we'd love to hear it. Uh, thanks for some breakdown.